0: Hello, and welcome to You Philosopher. I wanted to talk with you today about Logan. film just came out about Wolverine from the X-Men. I enjoyed the film. It was not quite what I expected, and I want to be able to talk about it without giving spoilers, if I can. It was a pretty thoughtful film, I have to admit. It's one of those kinds of films that you think to yourself, wow, I don't know if I actually ever want to see that again, but it was really good. It kind of almost has a, a quality of being a very powerful drama in so far as you see it and you think about it and you go, wow, that's that says a lot about the human experience, but it didn't exactly inspire me to become kind of more superhero-y. And so the film's basic premise plays with something that we don't generally expect from Wolverine, who is of course, this character who is seen as being immortal, he can be harmed, and he heals very quickly. He doesn't seem to age like the rest of us do, and he's playing off of another very important X-Men character, uh, Xavier Professor X, who himself is also this very powerful mutant character, who, although he can't heal quickly and he ages at a normal rate, has the, he's this super telepath, and, and he's able to read minds and control minds, so on and so forth. And so the basic kind of idea, the, the basic premise of the film is, is what happens when these fellows get older. And in Wolverine's case, of course, this is kind of more difficult to understand as the character himself is kind of based on the idea that he doesn't really age and that he heals very quickly. But they, they bring that idea in in a very interesting way that connects pretty neatly to some of the older comics. And I won't <clears throat> reveal that, but this idea of a, a more beaten, batter, battered, older Wolverine, who himself, and this is difficult to imagine, is more jaded and more pessimistic than he was previously. And Professor X, being older physically than Wolverine, is himself hitting that advanced age right into his 90s uh, where he doesn't really have control over his mind anymore. And so this is a terrifying thought, that idea of what happens when the most powerful mind in the world no longer is able to control itself. And so the the basic idea then is that Professor X is suffering from some sort of kind of dementia-like illness that's causing him to not really be able to control his mind, and so he's a danger to the people that he loves. And Wolverine, Logan, is trying to help take care of him and is probably one of the only people who can survive the onslaught of Xavier's minds. And so... The, the immediate connection is, of course, to the issue of Alzheimer's and um, for someone growing older, and this, they play this very nicely with, uh, with Professor X insofar as he's not really all that nice <laughs> to Logan. He's not really very nice to his care, caretaker, and for many people who are in that kind of caretaker role, there's, I think, a lot of connection there and some uncomfortability and the realization that someone you love and someone that you're really going through a lot of trouble to take care of, when they kind of go through uh, this difficulty with what's happening to their mind as it breaks down, can often uh, become meaner. and Or not really recognize right that they're, the caretaker's trying to help them. And so many people who have parents of an advanced age or grandparents of an advanced age are trying to help take care of them can probably connect pretty neatly to the film. So that being said, Wolverine himself is is older and more jaded and, and he does not seem to be doing particularly well either. So this is all to say that the film just really in this almost kind of surprising way forces the viewer to experience the question of aging and what it means to look at one's mortality specifically in terms of one's usefulness in terms of age. What do I do when i no longer am capable of doing the things that i once could when i am a when i am a wolverine who no longer can heal as quickly and is not as strong and is not as capable of fighting what happens when i'm a professor x who cannot control this amazing mind gift that he has and so for me in watching the film as someone who's not as young as he once was there's this kind of Oh, wow, instead of walking out of a superhero film going, I need to do some pull-ups, it's more like walking out of a superhero film going, I don't have much time left, what am I going to do with the time left, oh my goodness. And so that, that feeling of, wow, what do I do to make myself useful when the things that I think of as making me useful start to degrade? And that it, it's already one of those things that I recognize even at my age, where if I work out as much as I can, I cannot reach the same physical peak as I could have if I've worked out as much as I could when I was 18. And so whilst I might feel like I'm getting increasingly stronger or increasingly faster because I didn't work out that much in my teens, and now I exercise more, the realization becomes that I I can never hit that same point that I could have when I was 18, 19, or 20. And so the max point that I can hit will continue to decrease as I, as I get older and same is true. So, you know, studies show that men's minds, their, their brains uh, shrink as they grow older. And so I have to worry about that as well. And that issue of, well, Nick, have I hit my peak? Is there anything more of use that I can do? And what do I do? And the film struggles with that Early on, you see, without giving too much away, you you see Logan struggle with this kind of just wanting to get away and basically take care of the person that he loves and not have to deal with the world and the world's problems. And Xavier seems to want to to kind of be able to get away too, but at the same time still feels this very strong obligation to help this little girl, and he's trying to convince Logan to do this. And the problem is, Logan, I, I can only kind of assume from looking at what he's dealing with in terms of his own age and Professor X's age is, is kind of recognizing that he's lost um, his usefulness. What could they really do for this child and the circumstances that they have? And wouldn't they be better off just kind of in essence going on vacation? And so what's, what is one's obligation to the world when one hits 60, 70, 80, and 90, can't doesn't one have the right then to just kind of say you know what I'm going to take it easy I've done what I can and and there's no purpose for it, it, me anymore I mean I remember one time a friend said it to me like this uh, so Nick what are you going to do sitting you know sitting in your rocking chair waiting to die right that idea of just kind of well I've got nothing else to do I've I've i I've, I've spent all of my best self already and to take a, a brief tangent it, it connected for me in an interesting way because. The one thing that you don't see much of in this film is the problem that kind of characterizes many of the other X-Men films, which is the issue of the mutants and how they're treated. And again, I don't want to really give much away, but the focus is largely on Logan and on Professor X. And the film does, not, well, in some direct ways, but also in some indirect ways, uh, struggles with the way that we would normally look at the mutants which are okay well they're just, they're just this outcast community and we recognize the fact that they're outcast community in the same way that we we might outcast um, the black community right or or we outcast women or we ask uh, outcast people who struggle with uh, a mental illness or uh, a physical ailment right that in in this particular film that isn't the main focus like how are we going to treat the mutants and how can mutants um, bring themselves uh, up out of out of this kind of segregation-esque um, treatment. And that's not to say that the film doesn't deal with that. In some ways, I don't really want to give away, but it isn't kind of discussed as, oh, well, this is a mutant rights issue film. So in saying all that, what, what came to my mind, interestingly, was I was just reading an article yesterday that really made me very sad, which was about um, Representative Stephen King uh, of Congress sent out a, a tweet that references an issue that's going on with the Dutch and the the fact that there's a, a person who's running for um, election in in, uh, in in the Dutch elections, um, to Wilders, who, to, to quote the New York Times, New York Times, uh, wants to end Muslim immigration and ban the Quran and who has called Moroccan immigrants scum. And kind of in response to this particular politician's way of looking at the world, one of our representatives said, uh, Wilders understands that culture and demographics are our destiny. We can't restore our civilization with somebody else's babies. And I'm not gonna take too much time trying to part and parcel out what's being said there, but obviously it's an anti-immigrant stance, but also a kind of anti-other stance that we, need to, or any country needs to recognize its kind of own personal aw- awesomeness and it can't be done with bring, bringing people, these other problematic people. And it's weird because even if you wanted to kind of parse his statement out in, in some sort of non-racist way, he's advocating for someone who has called these other people scum. And it reminded me of uh, another um, a person in, in, in the media who uh, was talking about uh, Michelle Obama not very long ago, Carl Paladino. And again, you know, someone with some power in politics. And when he was asked what he wanted for New Year's, he said that he wanted uh, Michelle Obama to be gone. Uh, he'd like, he said, to quote, "I'd like her to return to being male and let loose in the outback of Zimbabwe, where she lives comfortably in a cave with Maxine, the gorilla." And it's it's amazing how how many isms are kind of uh, stuck into that one statement along the lines of uh, is is he. Um, You know, being uh, against transgender people, is he being homophobic and uh, is he being um, clearly racist? And and it seems like the answer to all those questions are yes. Well, so without getting into too much detail about the fact that these statements seem to be kind of coming out more and more, and there's a lot of people like, yay, I'm glad someone's finally saying it. That for me there's this tremendous sense of oh wow i really might not live to see the end of this particular fight and by that the fight that i mean is, is a fight against racism and a fight against isms in general uh, the idea of being open and welcoming people to other ideas and other cultures and to recognize their worth and value as well as to recognize the value of women's own culture and that was a very kind of sad realization for me that I guess I felt like through my youth that I had seen largely a kind of agreement, you know, that we needed to move in a particular direction and that as as young people come into the world, they will be more tolerant than I was. And that idea of being tolerant of other people and, and not just tolerating them, but learning to care about them and love them and value them um, seemed to be something that, well, maybe some people were frustrated about. but recently we're realizing how many people really feel put upon by that and and they're glad that they don't have to hide anymore. And it it does remind me of, I used to know a fellow who used to get on Halo and he would, he was a black man and he would say something like, man, uh, I really hate, and then he would use the N-word, I really hate N-words. And all of a sudden people would start, you know, on TeamSpeak being like, oh, I'm so glad someone finally said it. And I feel like we're kind of having that experience now where more and more people are kind of coming out, like people with power in politics are coming out and saying, well, if we're really honest, that group of people over there, they just suck. They're scum or they're terrible or, you know, what we really need to do is focus on, on, uh, on ourselves. And it's one thing to say, well, we should focus on us, but it's entirely another to do that while also saying because these other people aren't awesome too. Um, because we're somehow degraded by them. And and that's the danger that we've forgotten, that the whole idea, the problem that really came in racism here in the States was this idea of somehow like the, the white world being damaged by the black community, that they were somehow diluting or uh, corrupting or infecting. And you're hearing a lot of that language of those, if those Muslims come in, they'll infect us, right? This, this fear uh, engendered not just by the idea that you're awesome, which okay, fair enough. But this idea that these other people aren't and so if they come into your world somehow that that brings you down. And so I realize that I may not live to see it. By that what I mean is the end of, of racism here in the States and the end of sexism and the, the, the mistreatment of, of people who are different uh, genders and sexualities and um, that have different physical difficulties or mental difficulties and It's for me very sad, it's a very kind of Logan-esque moment. But then, I guess, for me, the film, when I think about what the X-Men franchise really struggled to do, especially, you know, through the comics, and what it was talking about in a lot of ways was segregation, and racism, and Stan Lee, and creating it, wanted to speak about that. And it was an opportunity to do so in a way that spoke to the young, and now this film has done so in a way that speaks to the older amongst us. And I got to admit, I kind of like the message, which isn't the message of give up. The, the film is very much about how far should I be willing to push? Where is my Where is my usefulness ending? And if you look at Xavier, and his struggle, and what he's trying to convince Wolverine to do. Xavier being stuck in the circumstance that he's in, can't save the world anymore. He and Wolverine are not in the position of saving the world from the evil Magneto or something like that. All they're looking at is helping one little girl. And the struggle between Xavier and Wolverine is is how important is that? And for Xavier, it is very important and I will leave it to you to figure out whether or not you know it becomes important for Logan through the film. But I'm kind of inspired by the professor in that particular moment and it's interesting because he does a lot of things that are disappointing in that in that film because we see him grow older but to know that still even in his advanced age he maintains that heart for every child matters and that even if I can't change it for the whole world I can change it for this one person, I can try and make it a little bit better." And I'm reminded of how many people never lived to see the end of the thing that they were trying to stop, the evil that they needed to try and change and the way that they tried to make the world better. You know, Martin Luther King not making it to the end of segregation. All of the the people who never saw the end of apartheid, all of the people who never saw the end of of, uh, segregation against women here in the States, which is still pretty prominent. Um, So many people have fought these battles and grew old or, or died fighting them and haven't seen their conclusion. But they remind me that I don't have to see the end of it to be a participant and to find my own purpose. That even if it's just just one life, that I can find purpose there. And that even if I was a 90-year-old Professor Xavier, that I still have an obligation to try and make the world the best possible place that I can, even if I don't get to reap the benefits of it. So with that, I'd love to hear your questions and thoughts. I hope you have a wonderful week.